Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Anxiously awaiting your lawn and garden questions is Mary Meyer from the University of Minnesota this Saturday morning. Good morning, Mary. Good morning, Denny. Great to be here. Good to hear your voice. And it's time for a fall cleanup in the garden, I guess. Uh, absolutely. In fact, uh, that's exactly what I'm going to be doing today and tomorrow. I have my uh, marching orders <laughs> from the house <laughs> here, so I'll be uh, I'll be doing that uh, again. But it'll be a good day for that. We have uh, maybe a small chance of showers overnight, but but that's it. So a good day for. Uh, for a cleanup now, what uh, would you recommend? What what is the process? What what do I need to do here besides trimming some uh, some shrubs back? Well, uh, in the vegetable garden, we're finishing harvesting. If you have cool season things like kale, collards, 
uh, Swiss chard, uh, broccoli. They will take some light frosts, and uh, if you don't have a community garden and have to clean it up like I do, you can leave those things that are frost tolerant. But pe- uh, peppers, eggplant, tomatoes, we want to beans. We want to finish harvesting those. And if you have any disease in your garden, disease plants, you should put those in the compost pile. Remove that uh, plant debris because that will cut down on diseases for the the coming years. Um, and move your house plants indoors. Um, most house plants don't like growing below 50 degrees. So when we have weather uh, temperatures in the 40s, that's that's pretty cold. So bringing cleaning up your house plants and bringing those in those are um, big chores. And the last thing I'll say is if you have tender bulbs, gladiolus, cannas, caladiums, dahlias, those. Um, will not live through winter outdoors. So we have to bring those inside, and it's tricky, but try to find a place about uh, 50 degrees to store them. I know once in a while we'll get questions, and actually I, I, I thought about that too. We have in part of the garden uh, yard uh, hostas, some pretty good-sized hostas, and my wife likes to uh, have me clean them out after the frost hits them and they're oh. you know, flat on the ground. But you don't really have yeah. to, do you? You could wait till spring for no. that. No, you don't have to really clean up hostas. That's one of the easy things about them. Their foliage kind of melts away. It really uh, disintegrates over the winter. Uh, But sometimes the bigger hostas have big leaves, uh, coarse stems. Those take a little bit longer, but... Yes, I I don't do that. I don't clean up my hostas. And we know now that many insects will overwinter in the stems of uh, foliage. So many of our perennials, if you leave some of the stems up or you do the chop and drop, you cut them off, but you leave the stems there, then the insects that are inside can complete their life cycles and, uh, and be there for next summer. Very good. Texter says this, Mary, and we'll give the number in a second. I have a potted perennial plant called the Tradescantia. Tradescantia. (laughs) Thank you. Uh, I would like to dispose of it now, but don't know how. I don't want to put it in the forest by my house in fear that it'll take root and spread. I also know that it's against Minnesota law to throw it in the garbage. What should I do? Well, I would look for your municipal compost sites. So most uh, communities have municipal compost sites where you can take uh, uh, brush or uh, shrub trimmings, uh, fallen branches, etc. Many times they don't want to take soil, but they will take all of the uh, plants. And some of them, you have to really check and see which ones will take soil. But I would look for that because most all uh, municipalities have that. So there is one for Hennepin County, but there's also one for uh, Plymouth, Maple Grove, etc. Okay, very good. Uh, phone number is also the text number. And if you're a regular listener to the show, you know how busy we get here this hour. 651-461-9226 for your lawn or garden question. Phone number, same. 651-461-9226. Another text says this, Mary, I bought a tree in the spring. It's still in its pot. Is it too late to plant it in the ground? 
Well, I think it will do better in the ground than it will in that pot in Minnesota. So yes, I would go ahead and plant it. Make sure that you uh, prepare the soil well. Dig, dig a big hole. Dig a big wide hole. Uh, find where the flare roots are, where the first roots are, come off on the tree, and make sure those are up high near the surface of the soil. So don't plant it too deep. And then I would make sure that you water it for uh, until the ground freezes. Okay. Let's grab a phone call this morning. Jim, phoning in from Bell Plain this morning. Good morning, Jim. What is your question for Mary? My question is, I have a hibiscus in a pot, and I want to take it in for the winter, and how do I prepare it to do that? If Well, I would give the hibiscus a shower. So through uh, a hose outside or putting it in your shower indoors, you want to clean it off really well. Hibiscus often will have insects, especially aphids, when you bring it indoors. So they can the insects might really increase indoors. You want to make sure it's insect-free. Um, if you do see any insects, some people treat their plants with insecticidal soap as they're bringing them indoors. That will help uh, clean up, uh, kill any of the insects. But then, um, yes, put it in as bright a light as possible indoors. Uh, hibiscus are a great plant to have through the winter and often will continue to flower even indoors. Listener wants to know, we talk about the new uh, new apple, the kudos. Uh, is, is, are there any samples available like at the Arboretum they want to know? Boy, I wish there were. I have tried. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I, I, I don't think so. No, to my knowledge, there were very few, and I, they're not samples available. <laughs> you know, I, I I don't think so. No, to my knowledge, there were very few, and I they're not samples available for the public now. I do know that um, you you know think about past years when you were out there sampling one of those numbers. Maybe you did try kudos and didn't know it because the the numbered samples uh, do come into the public. There are numbers out there now in the Apple House that you can buy, but kudos will be a few years. Uh, until we can taste those, they're um, getting the plants are going to the grower now. So there'll be a few years until uh, until we can taste that. Kudos, the newest, the 29th introduction from the University of Minnesota. It has uh, Honeycrisp and Zestar as the parents, and you can buy Honeycrisp and Zestar at the Apple House and many stores as well. Sounds great. Uh, I know we have to break here, but I want to grab another phone call before we do that. Karen, I think, is on the horn calling in from uh, Watertown. Hi, Karen. What's your question? Hi. Uh, I want you to know I listen to your show every morning. Um, I have a question about uh, seeding grass. We've had problems getting our soil ready, and now we have the ground prepped for seeding. Is it too late to do grass seeding? Well, if this if it was mine, I wouldn't seed it right now. I would wait and do a dormant seeding. So dormant seeding is about a month from now when you know it's not going to grow in the fall. The chances are right now the soil is still warm, and if uh, we get a few more days of 70 degrees, that seed could start to germinate. And when it's very young, it's really susceptible to, to frost and dying. So rather than take the big risk now, about a month from now, I would do a dormant seeding. Very good. I'm going to be doing that too. 
later on uh, this uh, this season. All right, I'm getting a signal here. We need to take a quick break. This is our Smart Garden Show. If you have a uh, question for Mary Meyer, call it in or text it in, 651-461-9226. New temperature reading in the Twin Cities just moved up one degree from the past couple of hours. CCO temperature reading 45. Stay with us. Had a good Saturday morning to you. Welcome back to our Smart Garden Show here on CCO every Saturday in the 8 o'clock hour. Welcoming your lawn and garden questions this morning for Mary Meyer from the University of Minnesota. Mary, as usual, a lot of callers, a lot of texters. Something to keep you busy here for the rest uh, of the hour. We should remind our listeners, too, that if they've never uh, checked it out, uh, please do uh, the ex- University of Minnesota Extension website. That it's extension.umn.edu. A lot of work put into that, a lot of labors of love, and it's a great resource, isn't it? Yes, wonderful resource. Uh, what's wrong with my plant? What insect is this? Lots of timely tips. If you want to read about bringing your house plants indoors, there's a great new article there. Fall cleanup. What about the bugs that we see around our windows now and doors? You can identify what those insects are and how to clean those up. But lots of great information at extension.umn.edu. Yeah, great reading. Uh, we're going to uh, get back to the phone callers. Uh, the one text here, I'm trying to catch up on business here, too. Is it too late to trim arbovita? A question from a listener. Um, I like to wait to trim the evergreens until it's really cold and they're not going to grow anymore. And so I, I you trim my, my evergreens and use the trimmings for Christmas decorations. So I wait till uh, closer to uh, the end of October into November. Uh, right now we see Arborvita with the inside of it browning. So that's the normal, um, normal leaf fall on the evergreens. The older inside leaves will turn brown. So that might make people look at their arborvita and think, oh, it's not doing well, but it's just the normal um, evergreen leaf fall. All right, very good. Another phone call. Martha is calling in from Andover this morning. Uh, thanks for waiting, Martha. What is your question, please? So I've got two or three houseplants that are outside. Two of them are succulents, and one is a begonia. And I grabbed them last night and put them into the garage. So Obviously, they can't stay in the garage very long. Um, how do I check them for insects? And then, when I then, is it okay to bring them into the house and put them on the four season porch right from the garage? I mean, can they go from like 40, 50 degree temperatures to indoor temperatures? Yes, you can move them because they've been outside. They've been used to much warmer conditions, more like what we have inside. So temperature difference isn't an issue now. The big concern is the insects that might be on your plants. So the best thing is, is if you can actually give them a shower and wash off any insects, inspect the top of the pots around the edges of the pots, the bottom of the pots, washing all that off is a, a 
great way to clean up the plants. Uh, if the succulents, you don't want to give them that much water with really a bath. You can just be more careful with a, a paper towel, a moist, moist paper towel, and wiping and cleaning off the foliage. But so many of our household plant insect problems come in right now in the fall. So you just want to do a good inspection, looking on the top and the bottom of all the leaves, and then washing them off. And then, yes, you could move them um, today. In fact, they'd be much happier. You'll feel that uh, the leaves are cold, the pot is cold from being outside, and uh, plants like that really prefer above 60 degrees. Okay. Let's grab another phone call, and we'll pick up on text messages. Beth calling in from Bloomington this very morning. Beth, thank you for waiting. What is your question? Oh, hi. I had sort of a similar question on the begonia. So um, just wanted to confirm that we can bring it in for the winter. Where should we put it in the house after we clean it up for the insects? Yes, I think you, you, I give my houseplants the brightest light possible. Um, many things like begonias, uh, any of the citrus, succulents, hibiscus, anything that's going to flower, you want to give that as high light as possible. Because even indoors with a south window, it, it still is not as bright as it is outdoors, even in a porch where it's shaded. So bright bright light will really help, especially something like begonia or hibiscus that you want it to keep flowering. Mary, a texter wants to know, what's the best way to reuse potting soil? This is a really good question, and it's one that we don't talk about enough, especially when we're thinking about recycling things and reusing things. And now with a greater interest in uh, peat, as uh, should we be using peat and peat moss? And so I reuse a lot of potting soil. Uh, sometimes... Um, like this time of year when I'm I just leave it in the pots and store it uh, outside where um, in a pot sitting outside or in my boxes it sits outside and then in the springtime I try to dry it out I many times I will get a big tarp and dump everything out into a tarp and let it dry out because it's usually really dense and wet so you want to make sure it dries out and then I just try to remove any plant parts, any roots, anything that um, looks like part of a dead plant. I try to remove that. Sometimes I add additional soil. And depending on the density of it, how heavy it is, I might add some sand to make it a little bit uh, more porous and, and better drainage. But I try to reuse my potting soil. The only exception is if you've had a really problem with diseased plants and especially anything that was rotted or had rotten um, like if you grow dahlias the little annual dahlias those tubers will really take in a lot of water and they can rot and so things like that I try to clean up any diseased or dead plant parts take out but I try to reuse it from year to year okay Six five one four six one nine two two six. That's our phone number. It's also our text number. Speaking of text, uh, can you talk about? I know you touched on this earlier, Mary. Can you talk about leaving some perennials standing for pollinators and beneficial insects and caterpillars, please? 
Yes, this is new information that we continue to learn more and more about is in understanding the whole life cycle of insects. Uh, many of our native bees and where they lay their eggs will often be in stems, different widths and sizes of stems, but they will often lay their eggs in, in these um, uh, stems of many of our perennials. And... Um, Yes, if we completely clean up the garden, we're removing a lot of these larvae and killing a lot of insects. So you don't have to be such a neatnik in cleaning up your garden. You can actually leave some of the stems. And actually, that can make a good cover and uh, like a living mulch to actually hold moisture in your soil. So, right, I try to not clean up the garden much in the fall at all. Now, the only exception is peonies. I cut down my peonies because they usually have botrytis blight. So I remove the peony uh, foliage, but the other perennials I, I leave standing until the spring. And then in the springtime, I do a minimal cleanup and try to leave about six inches or so on the, the plants that are there. And if I do remove it, I put it in my compost pile. So yes, hopefully that will make a, enable a lot more insects to live. And we know that we have a shrinking insect population overall. Yeah, yeah for sure. Hang on, Mary. We'll have a look at that CCO forecast and be right back with more of our small insect population overall. Yeah. yeah, for sure. Hang on, Mary. We'll have a look at that CCO forecast and be right back with more of our Smart Garden Show here on 830 WCCO. Stay with us. Good Saturday morning to you. Welcome back to our Smart Garden Show on 830 WCCO. Denny Long here along with Mary Meyer from the University of Minnesota answering those lawn and garden questions, and we have many as usual. Uh, greetings, this texter says, then we'll grab a phone call. Uh, have a, a panicle hydrangea, some sedum plants. Should these plants be cut back now or in the spring? In the spring, if you're going to cut them back, do it in the spring. Uh, both of these plants have beautiful uh, flowers that are beautiful right now and can hold through the fall and into the winter. So they have a lot of winter interest. So I would, if you're, yeah, I'd wait till spring. A couple of callers, or rather texters, want to know how they overwinter a mandevilla plant. Well, Mandevilla is a beautiful vine, has kind of a, a thick leaf. It looks like it might be a, um, a hardy, but it is, it's not hardy for us. Uh, so you'd have to bring it indoors and grow it and keep it in a bright, sunny window to keep it. Uh, so it needs to have good light all summer. As far as I know, it, it is, does not have a dormant period. It isn't something you can put in the basement and forget about it. That will kill it. So it needs a bright uh, sunny window like a hibiscus uh, for the whole uh, whole winter so it's that's kind of a challenge to uh, do that but if you have enough space and a bright window I know people have done it okay very good let's take a phone call Catherine's calling in from Blaine this morning Catherine good morning what is your question my question is is it too late for a hydrangea for, to put a hydrangea in 
If you already have it and it's in a container, yes, I would go ahead and plant it. If you're going out to buy one, it's getting really iffy. We, we'd like to have about a month of good growing conditions for the plants to develop roots. Well, you know, you might have that now. I mean, we just never know with what's happening. And our fall frost date has been moving later and later. So I, I would do it this weekend. If you're going to do any planting, I would do it this weekend. Okay. Let's grab another phone call. Becky is calling in uh, this morning from North St. Paul. Uh, Becky, thank you for waiting. What is your question? Thank you for hearing me. Um, I have a problem with my dirt in my pots in the house smelling, and I was just wondering how often houseplants should be repotted to uh, take care of that smell. Okay, if you can smell it, then you should get rid of it because that is not a good sign. Um, and sometimes when I'm watering uh, my citrus, I use an organic plant food for my citrus that is, it's, it is, I can smell it after I water it, but then it goes away. So that doesn't bother me. But if you continually have a problem and can smell the soil, there's too much decaying organic matter in there, and it should not have a bad smell or so much, so obvious that you can smell it. So I would, I would repot those plants. And I think what you might find is there's not a lot of good, healthy root growth in there, and maybe the roots are... Um, there's decaying roots, so I would definitely, and those would be brown, so I I would repot your plants. Okay. This uh, texture says, uh, bringing your uh, outdoor plants inside, what about the bugs on these plants? Yes, that's why we have to do really quite a careful um, inspection. And some people use a preventative insecticidal soap that they spray down their plants with because sometimes it's hard to see all the insects. Some plants are worse than others. Like if you've had snake plants and jade plants outdoors, you might not have any insects on them. But hibiscus, they're, hibiscus are kind of notorious for having um, aphids or white flies that you you bring in. So you just have to do really good inspection and then watch carefully for the first, I would say, two to four weeks after you bring them in to see whether or not you have any insects. So water, washing them off with a shower is, is the first line of defense that I use because sometimes you can just, uh, with the force of water, remove the plant, remove the insects. Okay. If you're just joining us, Mary Meyer from the U of M answering those lawn and garden questions today. Uh, good morning. This texture says, is it okay to do dormant seeding with clover? Uh, yes, you could do that. Uh, we, we've had some results with that. And the sometimes I think wildflowers or non-grass, we didn't really start dormant seeding, but you can you can try that. It's worth a try. White clover is a good, tough plant. It's a plant more people should have in their uh, lawns because it fixes nitrogen, so we don't have to use uh, additional nitrogen fertilizer, and it produces a lot of flowers that we know many bees will uh, use as food with the nectar and the flowers. So I, I would try, yeah, mixing that in with a dormant seeding. Okay. This listener says this, Mary, I have Carl Foster grasses that now have dead areas. 
this year only may be due to a lack of water. Will you, do you think they'll come back, or do I need to plant new? What, what are Carl Foster grasses? Yes, Carl Forster, this is, uh, he was a German plantsman, and the uh, ubiquitous grass that you see that kind of looks like wheat, it's about four feet tall, and it's beige now, planted at a lot of uh, malls, uh, commercial plantings, and sold, it's a huge big seller in garden centers. Uh, that grass, Carl uh, Forster is named after the German, but that grass does tend to get a dead center in it, and especially after a dry year, the dry three dry years we've had. So the remedy is really division in the spring. So in the spring, just as the plants are starting to grow, I would dig the whole thing up or at least dig out the parts that are dead. Many times this looks like a donut with a living grass around the outside and the center is dead so you can chop it up into like four plants and uh, throw away any part that is dead you'll be able to see that there's no roots and it will just be a woody part throw that away and then plant the four new plants you've got and and they'll do much better carl forster this grass is the one grass that really does seem to need division after oh, five or six years of being in the garden. All right. Let's go back to the phones. Jerry is calling in from St. Paul this morning. Jerry, you're on CCO with Mary. Uh, hi, everyone. Uh, a couple of years ago, I had a retaining wall built in my yard, and it's about 100 feet long and probably a foot out from the retaining wall. The ground sank oh, about three to four inches so in order to fix that, I want to put some fill dirt in there, but should I remove the sod, which is a heck of a job, or can I just simply put fill black dirt on top of it with some grass seed? Uh, will the grass underneath still grow through if I put three or four inches of dirt on top of it? I think that it will, Jerry. Uh, it's probably Kentucky bluegrass that's there. That's a very, very tough grass. And yes, I think it will still grow through it. That grass has rhizomes. Many of our lawn grasses do. You know, if you wanted to uh, put two inches on at a time and wait till the grass comes up through that and then put another two inches on, you could do that. That would be another strategy. It would take longer. You'd have to do it twice. But uh, I think you'll be fine. You can uh, reseed with some additional grass seed. You could do a dormant seeding if you want to do it this fall or wait and do the whole thing next spring. But, uh, yeah, I think the grass will persist there. Okay. Listener wants to know uh, how to get rid of thistle in my garden and lawn. This is a big problem. If this is Canada thistle, this is one of our noxious weeds, very difficult to control, extensive root system. You can pull up those plants, uh, but the uh, subterranean root system, two or three feet down in the soil, is really difficult to get rid of. But you know, in the situation where it is in a garden or lawn, just keep cutting it off, keep cutting it off. Uh, glyphosate, the uh, total kill roundup uh, herbicide, will will kill it, but you need quite a bit of thistle there. You need six, eight inches of the plant. And even then, you probably have to do it a couple times. So just persistently cutting off what's green. Okay. 
This listener thinned and replanted my irises last month, they say. Have lots of extra bulbs. How long can I keep them and how to store them? I've never kept them very long. I always uh, replant them. And yes, I have had this very same thing. Think about giving them away. Who do you know that might need iris? But um, I don't think they're going to do well if you don't plant them. You've got to replant them, otherwise they'll just dry up um, and and not do well. But, you know, it's, it is getting late, but they'll die if you don't plant them now. You, you won't have them alive in the spring. So it's either plant them, give them away, or throw out a plant. I hate to say that, Denny, yeah. but I say yeah, that's where, it, where we are. All right. Hang on, Mary. We're going to take a quick break and be right back with the remaining minutes of our Smart Garden show. Uh, It's a Saturday. All right. Hang on, Mary. We're going to take a quick break and be right back with the remaining minutes of our Smart Garden show. Uh, It's a Saturday in the Twin Cities, 45 degrees. We might hit uh, the low to mid 50s for a daytime high. It's probably going to be a cloudy day today. And about the same for tomorrow. Your Sunday is predicted right now to be partly sunny, high though near 56. Right now, as I said, 45 on 830 WCCO. And welcome back to our Smart Garden Show here on 830 WCCO. Keep in mind now, our home improvement show will get underway next hour right after the 9 o'clock news break. Andy Lindis answering any kind of a home improvement question you might have. We're in the midst of our lawn and garden show, our Smart Garden Show. Mary Meyer from the U of M is answering those questions. Here's one of them. Can I still spray weeds like clover and creeping Charlie? Uh, This depends on the temperature Uh, that it is on the day you decide to spray. So you have to read the label on the herbicide and see what it says about temperature. Uh, It depends on what the chemical is. It might be, say, do not spray below 50 degrees. It might say 60 degrees. So usually it's warmer conditions for the herbicides to really work. We do have some activity with plants still growing, and your weeds can be seen out there, but a lot of it depends on what uh, the chemical is you're going to spray and if it will work. So read the label. Okay. Always read the label. Um, should first-year June-bearing strawberries be cut back before mulching for the winter? Yes. Well, yes, um, but the the renovation for strawberries really takes place right after you've harvested them, like July 10th or something. When the June-bearing quit bearing, then you mow them off and do your renovation then. So mowing them off now would I think would be a big risk. Uh, but the whole goal is that you clean them up and then they grow with foliage. But now I would say um, it's too late to do that. You, I would just go ahead and do the, the mulching. Okay. When should butternut squash be harvested in the fall is our next question. I would wait till the vines die. 
So butternut takes pretty much a long season, most of our season. Uh, so I would wait till the vines are dead, especially the leaves. The leaves have to be dead, and when the vines turn brown instead of green, you can harvest them. And usually you can tell the color. It will be that brown color all over and not any more green uh, with the squash. Uh, that reminds me, Denny, of the pumpkins and squash that were harvested at the Arboretum. They have, it's usual, 350 kinds of pumpkins and squash. You can see the huge displays that are at the Arboretum and the Apple House now, and you can buy some of these pumpkins and squash many different kinds of uh, squash from around the world that are are w- really wonderful so great uh, great to see the arboretum this weekend there are lots of other things going on the book sale the herb sale the harvest sale but the scarecrows and pumpkins the squash display really um, a lot to see i'm glad you brought that up about the arboretum i wanted to ask you about that and maybe we should mention too that uh, the procedure uh, to uh, to reserve online, though, always do that. You have to do that. Yes, you still do, and especially today, you could see uh, how busy it is. But um, yes, every half hour, several hundred people are able to come in the arboretum. So just look on the website. You can reserve the time that you want to go through the weekend and walk the trail, see the beautiful uh, fall color as well. Once you be, if you never have visited the Arboretum, once you do, you, you're going to want to make a, a very frequent trips there. Just a great place. Just west of the Twin Cities, just go west on Highway 5 to about 41, and you're just about there. That's right. Um, text, I know our time is so limited here. Another texter says uh, they bought the begonia tubers last spring, did not get a chance to plant them. Can I store them for next spring planting? Boy, I no. I I think they're no. they're probably on their last leg right now. So if you didn't plant them, uh yes, begonias will not live through our winter outdoors. So no, I I think they're going to be dead. Okay. This listener says I have a question about pruning an apple tree. I have a 3-year-old fireside apple tree that's doing well. The problem is that the tree's leader is growing too well and has an overall yeah. height of 12 feet with not any significant branching out. How do I trim the long leader to encourage more branching off the main trunk? Well, that's exactly right. You've got to go up and take that top leader off because that will encourage branching um, from the side. The question of where to actually take the top leader off, you want to look at the buds that are remaining there and try to have one on each side or... um, three places around the tree so that it will it will kind of make an umbrella like with the stems that will come out there's a and and the time to do this is late winter or early spring there's uh, videos that we have online on how to prune fruit trees especially apple trees and so you can watch those you can find the link for those at extension.umn.edu and search for um, apple pruning but this it is critical to do it now when the plant is young because this will form the main stems that will then have the branch structure you want to have widely spaced branches that get all all get a lot of sunlight and depending on the um 
the rootstock that's on this tree will really determine how tall it gets. Uh, but uh, but pruning certainly uh, will help it have a good form, so it will keep it smaller. Okay. Question about dormant grass seeding. Uh, the question is, is the seed different than regular grass seed? No, it's the same seed. It's just the timing when you put it down. So it gets into the ground and settles itself in there. And then with the moisture of the winter and the snow that will then come, it's ready to go early in the spring. So you put it on when you know it's going to not germinate so that it really gets a head start uh, in the spring. Another grass seed question. What's the best grass seed mix to use with Kentucky bluegrass, fescue, etc.? What do you think? Yes, we've traditionally talked about Kentucky bluegrass, the fine fescues, and perennial ryegrass as a great all-around mixture. Uh, more and more, we're favoring the fine fescues because those are low-maintenance, slow-growing. We recommend those to go with bee lawns. They need less fertilizer. They're drought-tolerant. And they're very, very fine texture. So, uh, But a mixture with three different kinds, the, the blue Kentucky bluegrass, fine fescues, and perennial ryegrass, will kind of let the best guy win out there with the with the grasses because if you have shady spots that will be the fescue will grow there if you have some uh, sun the perennial rye and the Kentucky bluegrass will grow so it'll sort itself out and hopefully grow well you'll have grass growing well in all uh, diverse areas of your lawn just a final quick question, uh, Mary. Can I bring a fern inside that's been outside all summer? Texter wants to know. Um, if yes, if it's a house plant, you can. I wouldn't try bringing in any of our, you know, woodland native ferns because they they need a dormant period. But the house plant, like the Boston ferns, yes, you could bring that in. But then there again, I'd really uh, wash it off well and inspect it for insects. Excellent. Mary, we're out of time. Thank you so much. Always a pleasure having you on CCO Radio, and I know we'll talk soon. Yes, always a pleasure. Thanks, Denny. You're welcome. And get to the Arboretum, yes, and also check out the University of Minnesota website, uh, extension.umn.edu. I know we've had some folks looking for various kinds of shrubs to plant. They have all sorts of ideas about all sorts of things. Uh, out there. So uh, check it out, extension.umn.edu. In the meantime, get those home improvement questions ready next hour for uh, Andy Lindis. Mostly cloudy today. We expect highs near 52 right now on 830 WCCO. 45. Stay with us. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Calling all pop culture enthusiasts. Are you obsessed with all things celebrity? Do you live for the drama, the laughs, and the unexpected moments that unfold on social media? 
then you're going to want to tune into the Comments by Celebs podcast. Join us three times a week as we deep dive into every aspect of pop culture. Whether it's dissecting the latest trends or just chatting about your favorite celebs, Comments by Celebs has you covered. We have new episodes out every week. Follow and listen to Comments by Celebs on the free Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts.